Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello everyone, so here we are again, joining you now at the precipice of the die being cast as the upcoming Epic Cup results lead the way to us deciding our chip strategies and basically everything else. Here to discuss us some more, Sam's back after yet another rollercoaster weekend as a Saints fan, alongside a good mate from FPL Meets who's recently exploded across social media. Yes, we're joined by a man who once told me I'm too boring for TikTok. Unbelievable. Our guest this week, yes, is TikTok sensation, mythical creature, and all-round good guy, FPL Sim, making his first appearance on the pod. That's Sim, spelled C-I-M. Hello, mate. Tell us a bit about yourself as well, uh, so the good listeners can get on board with the whole Sim-mobile. <laughs> how you doing guys thank you for having me on the show pleasure and a little bit a little bit surreal big on the podcast that, I, that i've listened to for so long but no definitely definitely glad to be here uh i don't know about tiktok sensation but you know we do what we can do <laughs> was it was that the video that you um the, one of the first videos you posted so like you had like a million views or something ridiculous oh yeah i the, the thing is i, I I always say I got a bit lucky on TikTok. I, I went very viral very quickly. Um, one of my very, I think Game Week 3. Yeah, no, it was Game Week 3 because Sterling did stupid things against Luton, didn't he? Um, I, did a, I did a video talking about the best differentials. And back then, it was because it was so early in my sort of making videos, I was like overdoing all my videos. I was like, these are the best FPL differentials that you need to know about. But then you fly up the ranks. And I picked out Sterling for a 19-pointer, Bailey for like a 15-pointer, and Awani for a goal against um, Man United. And they were all like sub-5%. And like people in the comments like, yo, this guy, he knows. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that, that video went, went pretty viral. And then, yeah, I, th- I think I think the massive thing on TikTok, Sam, you're on there now. You know what it's like? It's I am, trying yeah. to build up traction is a bit of a is a bit of a norse um but once you've got it you've just got to keep at it i think mm. if i if i did two weeks without content i'll lose like hundreds of followers yeah that's yeah. right but you're doing well on there yeah great advice it's it's going very well yeah i mean people people haven't been coming at me too much you know <laughs> too if, if people come at me i go back at them to be honest. But, <laughs> but yeah no, I, feel, I feel like the content's been going well and it's something that i've wanted to do for a long time to be honest I've, I've wanted to do content in some form for a while and i think this has made it easy for me to get content out there and possibly a stepping stone for me to doing more hopefully yeah nice. absolutely and I, I think it really goes to show that there are different styles of content in the FPL community. I think if you put certain people on TikTok, they wouldn't really know what they're doing. But someone with your sort of charisma, obviously, oh, that, that works very well on TikTok. I'm not sure. I'm not so sure mine does. Um, on TikTok, <laughs> but we'll, we'll find out in a month or so. 
Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, before we start blowing too much smoke up you just yet, let's get into the pods. It is a pleasure to have you on, of course. Hopefully it'll be the first of many times we will get to speak to you on here. Um, but in the meantime, we are Who Got The Assist. On today's pod, our first section will be very much about getting ready for the FA Cup results and the consequences for planning going forward. So we'll be analysing three different scenarios which we've picked out as the most likely different routes that could happen post the FA Cup results and analysing how those different results and those different permutations could affect our planning moving forwards, hopefully helping set those paths in motion for us um, ahead of Thursday. The second half, we'll be doing a chunky preview on game on the game week ahead. So that's game week 27. Involves a very good captaincy debate this week because I think we're going to be quite torn in the community and definitely on this pod as well over who the best captaincy option is, as well as a very tentative look at transfers in. Obviously, it's all very dependent on cup results at the moment. Um, so also, um, just a heads up, uh, a siren might warn once or twice on this pod if Tom says a certain Norwegian meat shield's name incorrectly. Um, so just a little preview of that. Hopefully it works, um, but it will sound a little bit like this. Uh, uh, he said it, he said it. So if if he does say it incorrectly again, um, then we will be sirening and making sure he's very well aware. But hopefully that doesn't happen. He is on high alert for that. So I'm sure I'm sure he won't mess up too much, too many times. Yes. In the meantime, though, um, it is the 26th of Feb. Um, it is a Monday this time. I got that wrong last week. So apologies for that. <laughs> Um, but it's half time during the West Ham Brentford game. West Ham currently two one up, two Bowen goals. Ariola clean sheet has gone, and sadly for Sim, as a Tony owner, no Tony goals as of yet. But we will be rooting him on from with, with one eye on the game in the second half as well. So goal alerts are on. We'll know we'll know through the live score buzzer as um, Tom usually has on in the background whether something's gone in. So we'll keep you posted on how things are going. In the meantime, though, uh, shall we look at scores on the doors, Tom? Yes, let's have a little look. So interesting sort of, uh, I guess, shadow phantom blank game week, this one. Um, mm -hmm. Sam, you're leading the way uh, as as per usual over the last few weeks. <laughs> Only very marginally, so I won't get too carried away. But I am all out for uh, 59 points this week, which looks like it will be a reasonable green arrow, which seems to be my kind of trend recently. It's small green arrows chunking little bits of rank away to try and get closer and closer to the top 100k but um going into today it was about 190k it looks more likely to be about 205k uh thanks to the boeing boeing goals um obviously the fact that Ariola hasn't kept the clean sheet will help me out there a little bit it will almost certainly be a green it's just a matter of how big the green arrow will be no hit taken. I was very, very tempted to bring in uh, Gabriel for the hit for Estupinian. Obviously, Estupinian still not getting the minutes we want from him. But luckily, because the clean sheet went for Arsenal, it didn't actually make much yeah. difference to me. So glad I didn't take the hit there. But every single week now is going to be very tempting to just make that move, get it done, because <clears throat> Estupinian is a point of significant frustration in my lineup now. Um, but elsewhere, all of the template picks seem to do quite well. And in combination, that meant a green arrow is pretty likely. Foden, Saka, Watkins... Haaland with um, the five-pointer and Ake as the biggest differential I had that actually got me points at 20% EO 
not exactly differential. Um, the disappointment, obviously, is Huang He Chan, which we will come on to, I'm sure, at some point during the pod. But for what it's worth, I think that was just unlucky. Um, but anyway, 59 points all out. And uh, yeah, a, a pretty reasonable green arrow. So fairly happy overall. Yep, nice one. I remember when the Gabriel, uh, well, it was, it was eventually a Botmanone goal, but when that was initially yeah. being attributed widely to Gabriel, you were like, oh my God, now I'm really angry. But yeah, yeah, I was I was seething, yeah. Because <laughs> that was a cleansing moment, wasn't it? It was, oh no, that's no goal. It's definitely no goal. There's no way Gabriel can even get anything for that. You're just like, yes, thank God, gone <laughs> my, my life. Um, excellent. Well, I'm on 60 minus four, um, same moves as you. So Quang and Slanky came in for J- Jota and Darwin. You forgot to mention, Sam, that's a net positive. That's yes, how it's done. Yeah. a couple of transfers. Uh, plus one. <laughs> Five points for the guys you brought in. The other guys didn't play, as in the four. Um, yes, uh, so key differentials for me were obviously a double arsenal defence. Uh, so kind of the worst moment of the weekend really was Willock's goal, which was literally pointless on, on mm. all levels. Uh, very frustrating. Uh, good for you, not so good for me, um, because obviously that would have been a, a very nice sort of double clean sheet coming in. But hey-ho, that's how it goes. Uh, Huang, yep, yeah, I mean, not too bothered about that. I mean, it was just a straightforward pick and a straightforward game. Um, both had a, had to laugh a little bit because a couple of weeks ago we were both saying, yeah, David, uh, Douglas Louise definitely coming in this week. You know, absolutely, Sorry, Douglas Louise. That's what we're getting in. That's who we're getting in. Like, there's no doubt we're going to avoid Huang. He's a trap, and here we are. Um, you know, but, but I mean, but last week we we were so both set on Huang, and so were loads of other people. So, you know, it's it, it's only hindsight and doesn't do anyone any good really to be worrying about that. Um, but yeah, um, same same similar players to you, and it was basically Ake, um, the the clean sheet there, which seems to have kind of got me. A green arrow. I'm pretty sure it's going to end up being kind of the tiniest of green arrows. Mm. Um, like if Tony scores, I mean, if if like Ariola gets a save point, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and so on and so on. Um, I suspect that it's going to be a very, very small green arrow. It could even be a small red, but hey ho, that's how it goes in weeks like this. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those where I'm beginning to look at um what I could possibly do and where the kind of the opportunities may be um to do something slightly different be it with a cat as a kind of going with jacking the second choice captaincy as we've got later on or you know making transfers in a slightly different way which i guess is all going to hinge on which we'll put in the main topic in the main topic uh, but first sim let's have a look you? yeah <clears throat> another rough week really um 43 points on the board tony still to go 45 minutes left can we get something to push me up i think i think a goal gives me Gets me back on a grey arrow at least. I'm about mm-hmm. seven points in the red at the moment. But yeah, De Bruyne killing me. Zero pointer still in my team. Can't really do much with him at the moment. Plan was to go Salah, but you know, obviously not playing yeah. this weekend. Still not fit. And then the gaping hole up front is Watkins, really, isn't it? I mean, Tony has largely been doing okay, but Watkins has has been a bit blistering recently, hasn't he? Um, and then. That Leno clean sheet wipe up that that hurt me. Tom, how was that? Oh yeah, same actually. That's a good point. We that was... that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's still seven seven saves, whatever it was. But I think it was, it was getting the yellow card for getting in the argument. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was on Every like seven or eight, I think. Yeah, yeah, because he was a bonus as well. Yeah. No, I yeah. don't. This is why I've been spoken about it several times. I don't look like after sixty minutes. Yeah. I saw it, they they were one nil up. I literally put my phone somewhere else and didn't look at it until the end of the yeah. game. When yeah, so there you go. Yeah. But yeah, Taylor almost until they they completely you know, I mean I don't know what to call it. 
Um, and, you know, Neto Huang, same thing really over there. Saka, at least, I finally got him in. I think my last three or four game weeks, the red arrows have been solely by Saka or Watkins. I, I, made, I made the move from Saka to Watkins game week 24, I think, and then Watkins to Haaland about a week after that, I think. Uh, and yeah, they've just been just smashing it since then. Blistering form, but glad I've got Saka in now. At least he can't hurt me anymore. <laughs> mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's just been in sensational form recently. It's literally the best form he's ever been in, in an Arsenal shirt. And he looks like he's really starting to live up to all of the hype. And uh, despite what Rio says, I think he probably is on the cusp of becoming a world-class player. (laughs) Yeah. I think everyone really starts saying that about him anytime he goes on any kind of good form. It's just... Being that good, I feel like anytime you hit a cold spot, people will start questioning yeah. you unless you pedigree, you know. And he doesn't have pedigree yet, that's why people question him. Yeah, yeah, Tom, a resident Arsenal fan, how do you take that? <laughs> well, yeah, it would, it would take time, but I, I argue that there's quite a lot under under the hood already. Uh, if you look at the underlying data for Saka. The fact that he he's not the kind of Salah style talisman quite yet. I think that that's kind no. of the next step for him, um, and you can clearly see oh, that's Arteta's uh, goal with him. You no, know, famously um, or infamously, I suppose, um, absolutely flogging the man. Um, we shall see exactly where he does develop into. But I mean, if, if from an FPL perspective, um, you know, he's going in the, going the right way, um, and that pedigree, I suppose, is only going to come. I, with that consistency and mm-hmm. he's got all the ingredients there and um, to show that and certainly won't be back against him anytime soon that's for sure um very very good player isn't he especially if you just watch him as well um even though yeah. he does he there are some moments when obviously he's a little bit tired but you know if he is playing every minute that god sends then <laughs> can you be too surprised and what a hero oh what a hero that man is Right, well, uh, into the main topic then this week. And it's part of a two-parter um, this time, really, because we, we'll be back in on Thursday in some form, depending on work. I'm not sure it will be a live stream as well, just because we don't know when we're going to be, be recording or where we're going to be. Um, yeah. I'll be at home, but I don't know where you're going to be, Sam. Maybe or sat on a park bench somewhere, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> So we might have to do some tidying up of the of the audio, et cetera, et cetera, and to discuss the results and which plan we're going for. But uh, this is part one. We'll look at the different scenarios, as Sam mentioned earlier on, the cup may throw up as a primer i suppose for how you might react depending on what happens so it's just to kind of help you get into the mindset of all the different things that could happen with the other cup results and um, sam's going to give a short overview of the scenarios that we've gotten into and for, if you watch on youtube like i've on screen and um, basically we've worked out three possible scenarios for how things could shake out there's those different kind of macro micro scenarios i guess but there's, there's, there's kind of macro ones that i think we, we we've kind of laid our eyes on and we'll discuss them one by one in terms of what we do if each occurred. And we'll try, as I've mentioned, to keep it as zoomed out as possible. So we're not going to delve into the individual percentages of each game happening, et cetera, et cetera. And that's for others to do. Um, or Others have done that. And it's just the case now of trying to figure out exactly what we may do uh, with these three different scenarios if they do manifest themselves over the course of the next few days. So, Sam, take it away. Would you mind introducing what our scenarios are? Yeah, so we're boiling this down to three key scenarios and obviously other little things, edge pieces sort of fit into these. But to make it 
a, a palatable pod that doesn't take 10 hours to go through. Let's uh, let's try and summarize it as quickly as possible. So scenario one is probably the most likely overall, which is either three or four games go in. So for what it's worth, three is extremely unlikely. It is about 1.5% likely. For that to happen, we'd need Nottingham Forest to beat Man United and Luton to beat Man City in the Cup. So that is already going to be fairly unlikely. And then all of the other games go exactly as we would expect them to. Um, but for four games to happen, that is probably the most likely scenario on balance. So we're piling those together into scenario one. That would either be the United versus Sheffield, the Man United versus Sheffield United game to go ahead or the Luton versus Forest game to go ahead. Obviously, one of those two games is very likely to happen, um, but no other games to be piled in. So we'd get basically a four game game week in 29. Scenario two would be other matches are maybe an upset or two occur, but not crucially the Chelsea versus Arsenal game would going ahead. So that means Chelsea do knock out Leeds and their game is cancelled in game week 29. Obviously, that game is significant because we have a lot of Arsenal coverage and maybe a sprinkling of Chelsea coverage as well. So that would change a lot of our plans going into game week 29, which brings me on to scenario three, which would be that no matter what else happens, so we're piling it all in together now, anything else can happen. But most importantly, Chelsea leads, turns up with an upset, Leeds beat them, knock them out of the cup and the Chelsea-Arsenal game does go ahead. That will obviously have huge ramifications with every single permutation imaginable because most people will be off scot-free, won't need to use the free hit in game with 29. So those three are the scenarios. Um, I just want to quickly headline that there is no one scenario that is overwhelmingly likely to happen. So Tom mentioned we, we won't be going into percentages. Just one percentage for you, just to, just to wrap this up. Oh. There is no single, there is no single combination of scenarios that is more likely than 20% to happen. That one scenario is four games to go ahead, and that's the Luton Forest game to be added. But even that in itself, which a lot of people are considering the likely scenario, is still only a one in five chance. So for anyone to try and bet on what is going to happen before the FA Cup results, I think is probably quite a dangerous game. And having plans for these different scenarios is going to be quite important for the time being. Yeah, definitely. And that's kind of, I guess, why we're doing the pod today. And we know that there was another kind of way we could have done it, which was podding sort of very late on Wednesday night or kind of on Thursday. But we've, we've got lives. And so unfortunately, it's not as easy as uh, as that. Um, but I think that's a really good rundown. It's a really kind of nice way of just kind of packaging up the three different kind of routes that could be established. If you listen to this, obviously, later on in the week, do look out for the second pod, which hopefully you know, we would have released by kind of Thursday afternoon sort of time. Um, or indeed, listen to this one and then go on to the next one if you really want to hear my slash Sam's voice slash and Sim's voice as well uh, for that long. Uh, but hey, here we go. Uh, scenario one, then, is mm -hmm. I suppose as you were, basically, it's, it's kind of what we're kind of expecting. And as you mentioned, Sam, even though it's not the like, overwhelmingly likely it's the likeliest of a yeah. set of entirely on paper unlikely things and um, so yeah th that is basically three or four games um there, there is a situation isn't there where only three games go ahead like a very very small sort of percentage chance but it's likely to be kind of four yeah so as it is i know that you and i sam have spoken on the pod about 
maybe saving that free hit for game week 34 and making moves to try to make our way through uh, game week uh, 29 without using that free hit. But Sim, you you said to me earlier on that you're quite keen on kind of using that free hit uh, in 29 if things do turn out to be kind of scenario one. Um, what's What's your view on that? Why have you kind of gone there is it just kind of team specific or is it more just kind of you don't want to give up kind of the immediate gains of focusing on the weeks as they come no i think we we kind of knew about villa and you know luton not luton sorry um brentford and west ham and spurs for a while right so i feel like people kind of started making their bet a while ago and Mm. in this scenario you either had those players that were guaranteed to play or you don't. And you're just going to have to start hitting them in. From my perspective, I think it impacts how you use your wildcard quite drastically, right? If you don't free hit, you're dead ending essentially into, into game of 29. And then you're setting up a wild card for game of 34, most likely. Or if you're going to free hit in 34, you're setting up a wild card for what you can possibly be bench boosting in game of 37. Yeah. I think... From my perspective, you can pick up a much more explosive wildcard much closer to the time. Like a game of 30 wildcard that you're going to bench boost almost a month and a half, two months later. You're asking for trouble with with injuries. You're asking for trouble with who's going to be available, who's going to be on form. With five game weeks to do, it was not even five, four game weeks to go from game 35 until the end of the season, I feel like you can really pick out exactly what you want you'll know what kind of jeopardy is on the league and the free hit in game of 29 is almost certain and i put that in in air quotes because you never know right it's almost certain to beat what you would have got had you not free hit as opposed to game of 34 when you'll be possibly gambling against big teams with one fixture in favor of smaller teams with two fixtures so i like my free hit to work in a way where I'm certain it's going to perform better. And also in combination with the rest of my chips, I want to know that I'm going to make the most of the wild card that I'm using and when I'm going to use it. Yeah. And I think another crucial point with the free hit in 29 that maybe sometimes gets overlooked is the fact that it's got an additional benefit in the game weeks around it. Right. So game week 27, 28 and 30, 31, you, you're not, taking hits around those weeks and you had to buy in players specifically for game week 29 and you're also not left with players from game week 29 afterwards that you might not necessarily want afterwards either and you can focus on bringing in the best players i.e Mo Salo could be a great example if he happens to be fit this week where they're very unlikely to play in game week 29 if you're free hitting in 29 you can buy them anyway you don't need to worry about taking hits for the likes of Tottenham players because you can just bring them in in 29 on the free hit whereas Mo Salah his ownership is probably going to remain fairly low if even if he is fit because so many people will be planning their transfers and locked in to making sure that they're making the most of game week 29 without using the free hit so yeah I, I guess there are added benefits around using the free hit in game week 29 besides the week in question yeah definitely I, th- I think I think that's also a big thing for me you know like mm-hmm. Between now and game week 30, essentially, most transfers, if you're not free hitting, are going to be relatively template, I think. People are going to be trying to bring in Baileys and Douglas Luiz's and Tony or Watkins, whichever one you don't have. Obviously, Solanke as well for game week 28. But a lot of those transfers are going to be pretty template, I feel like. And 
almost ignoring half the teams in the league and half the players in the league because they're unlikely to double. Um, I think without with that free hit in mind, obviously if things work out, if option three happens, then there you go, you're bailed out either way. But if if things don't happen like that, I can still target your most sellers. I can happily bring in a Saka this week, for example, mm. correct that mistake, not worrying about what could happen in game of 29. Those are the kind of moves that I feel like I should be making now, given what where I'm ranked and just giving myself an opportunity to try to catch up. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's, it's always about that sort of where the payoff is, I guess, because Sim, you're right, like in game of 29, if you're free hitting then, that's almost definitely a guaranteed green arrow unless you go really off the wall with your free hit and miss out some of the key men who I think was, we'll mention in a second. Mm. But assuming you're going to get the same kind of core six, seven, eight players that everybody who's running through is going to own, you're going to have basically appearance points on top of that and also obviously have no hit. So you're pretty much guaranteed the green arrow on appearance points. The the, the flip side of that is is game week 34, of course, where you mentioned that, yeah, you might be able to kind of just treat it as kind of, yeah, all right, yeah, whatever, you know, but I, I'll kind of go with a, a nice mix of single game weekers, maybe getting a few cursory double game weekers. And it may be that the fixtures do kind of lend themselves to that. So maybe it is sort of some pretty out of form and <laughs> lower, l- lower table teams where you're kind of like, oh, you know, people are, well, I'm going to have to free hit a few of these payers in you know, your Jordan IUs of the world are going to end up in your team just because they've got a double. And um, whereas if you're kind of sat with a single, you know, I think it's like Aston Villa have got Bournemouth that week, for example, people may end up kind of selling Watkins in favour of, I'm not sure if it would be a Mateta, but maybe it will be sort of you know, a lower league sort <laughs> of strike. Yeah, Calvert-Lewin or something like that. I've mentioned the other week, I think it was like Spurs, have got Man City, so maybe people will be kind of um, going without um, Foden or something like that in favour of a, a lower ranked sort of a, a lower ranking team's midfielder and again kind of incurring the same sort of risk and it certainly makes a lot of sense there it's just kind of i guess hedging the positives of the 29 versus the positives of the 34 and where you think the gains are going to be and i completely appreciate it as well that you could then in the short term be buying in yeah your sackers not worrying about 29 unless kind of scenario three occurs and i mentioned minus four by four strategy last week like you're, you're also freeing yourself up from taking all the hits that i probably going to be needed for a lot of people especially if we do see that the united um man united that is versus sheffield united game ends up in 29 because that's suddenly a bit of a spanner in the works because it places basically a lot of emphasis on game week 28 transfers and that gets really confusing if you also add in that it's a double game week for bournemouth and if they mm. don't get a double 29 but united who have got everton that week you, you may end up kind of I guess either you have to make a choice between basically prioritizing the double game week, which is kind of points now, or having a player in the blank game week in 29, which it can be points kind of tomorrow because you can kind of see it as being like, well, okay, well, Bournemouth, it's kind of like a double game week anyway, I suppose. They've got a double game in 27, in 28, but they don't have one in 29, whereas United kind of have it kind of spread out a little bit. Um, But you've got to make kind of these, a a few more sort of tough decisions, whereas you don't have to worry about that if you're doubling. 
uh, if you're uh, free hitting, sorry, it's, it's a goal alert, um, as you know. It's 3 1, I'm afraid. It's, um, it's not Tony. Um, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to think about. I think for me at the moment, it's a bone hat trick. Wow. Um, wow. For, me at the, for me at the moment, I, I'm still mostly on the 29 roll through train. However, I'm acutely aware that I've brought two players in last week who are not 29 friendly and i'm also acutely aware that if united do give a 29 as reference things get really dicey like there's not much time to figure that out at all is there sam and from our current position right now it we've only got kind of four players who are 29 friendly so there are going to be hits involved and maybe if you are on some sort of free hit route you you might be looking at kind of quite a lot of gain just kind of passively almost just because you don't have to do very much and people can be taking hits all around you and there you are 12 points up already i mean where's the gain for us if we're if we're looking to um just just roll through to 29 yeah so I, i've tried to leave myself open to these different scenarios and the, the free hit in 29 is one that i don't want to completely rule out because scenario one can happen it de definitely is at a possibility but there are other routes i can take like i do want son and spurs assets anyway i'm pretty happy with buying aston villa players over the next few weeks i've already got solanke in situ which was an intention to make sure that at the very least i've got the captaincy covered in 28 and if worst case scenario happens and i still want to roll through 29 without using the free hit then i can still have a transfer ready where I don't need to spend another move to get Solanke in at a later date. However, based on the different percentages available for the different scenarios, I've kind of taken a bit of a gamble on scenario one not necessarily being the one that happens. And if it does, then absolutely fine. I can consider free hitting. But with, I think, one, maybe two hits, I can get to eight, maybe nine players in, in game week 29. And it would, importantly, in my view, cover all of the important bases. So I'd get, I'd get Son, I'd get Richardson, I'd have Tony, I'd have Watkins. All of the big hitters in that week, probably barring Bowen as it stands as well, who's obviously got the hat-trick tonight, probably need to reconsider that. But generally speaking, I'd have most of the big bases covered. And I'd expect a red arrow in that week, but... If it's like a, a five or six point red arrow, but I've saved the free hit and I can regain that that difference in 34 by really attacking it with a great free hit side, then I'll probably take that. However, I will weigh that up based on the results that happen in the cup in midweek and leave myself open to the opportunity to free hit. Because again, another factor that I do really want to pay attention to is if Salah somehow miraculously is fit to start in game, in game week 27, as unlikely as it may seem right now, I do have a route to get there right now. And if I was open to free hitting in 29, I can get back to him easy, easily, ignore 29 and play and prioritising my side for those players and, and just enjoy Salah at a fairly differential ownership for the next couple of weeks. I'm, Man City is one of those games, but big game Mo will probably come out to play that week and they've got great fixtures around that anyway. So there's a lot of different permutations here, a lot of different scenarios. And I just want to leave myself open to those different routes that could occur based on the information we get this week. Yeah, I'm with you. It's definitely a scenario, I guess, that begins to 
you could easily sort of <laughs> tie yourself up in knots, can't you? Thinking, mm-hmm. oh God, you know, how do I manage this? How do I sort of work it out? Obviously, obviously, it's all hashtag team dependent, um, which we approached at the very beginning. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it, it's definitely one where I, I suppose the, the scramble for getting the key targets in for that game week begins pretty imminently, doesn't it? Um, obviously depends what what weeks what, what fixture is added if any are at all um but for my money sim i think the three that you probably are going to need to have are watkins tony and probably son um plus if united versus versus I, I need to stop doing that. Man United versus Sheffield United do go does go into that game week. Then probably Garnacho slash even Bruno Fernandez are also kind of going to be high in mind. And then you can kind of just have a few sort of Sam's edge pieces just around that to pad out the rest. You know, like a Poro maybe, or you know, a, a, another sort of. A, we, we, we've all got Leno, so maybe you know him and maybe another midfielder. But that kind of feels about right, doesn't it? I mean. I can't imagine there's going to be too much for a rush. Like, and if you, if you've got like a the core four, then I guess for you it is just about sort of appearance and hoping for the best with everything else. Yeah, I mean, it does feel like you can cover the big important assets quite easily, but I guess I guess where I would find the value is because this because a lot of people are taking this approach to it where they're like yeah eight players covering son watkins tony i'll be all right there's you've got about three players four players that you could possibly be picking as a starting 11 that you could end up really flying that's that i think that's that's my take on it in terms of where you can find the value but yeah someone who's playing through yeah definitely i mean a, a united player one or two spurs a lot of people have paris out on the bench um a goalkeeper is probably not even that important these days <laughs> i was i was i was talking about how bad my goalkeeper luck is i think all season i've had two clean sheets from my goalkeepers so you probably you probably won't be losing much without a goalkeeper and then one of or or two of tony and watkins probably covers you off maybe a douglas louise or a bailey thrown in there too and you probably won't see much damage to your rank hmm yeah, I agree. Although I, I think but it, in combination, if you've got all 11 of the best players in game week 29, you are almost certain to get a green arrow. It's just how big is that green arrow? You need the all as a combination to do really well to make it a big green. Um, but yeah, the opportunity is certainly still there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder about it now, Sim. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, I'm just thinking about all these hits I'm about to take and everything. Um, but you know, if we do move on to scenario two, uh, yeah. Sam, I, I do, I do kind of, I've seen obviously a few people, and I know that you know, like the Hindi monkey, are taking it to extremes and saying that it was the worst kind of move, the Huang move that he'd ever seen, and it's forced everybody into the wild card. But scenario two, um, just a quick recap, if we can get that up on the screen, um, is that a couple of games other than Chelsea versus Arsenal go ahead, so like mm-hmm. Bournemouth, Wolves, etc., etc., and so on and so on. Um, that, that I think maybe gets a bit more interesting um, because especially if Bournemouth get the 29 then you can yeah. go into 28 all guns blazing um, and it could even kind of precipitate even more moves this week I know Slanky's obviously the top bought in striker top bought in player I think overall if I remember correctly um, but it might precipitate even more moves people you know, buying in the likes of Senesi and things like that um, 
even a wild card could be on the table, couldn't it? If you get the idea that, you know, you want to slightly restructure your team just to make sure that you're 29 friendly and um, the 34, you can still re -hit, free hit it. And then I uh, was speaking to Sims point. Yeah. You'd be wildcarding a long, long way from your intended bench boost in 37, but you just think, Oh, I'll get there with a couple of hits. It'll, it'll work. Right. I mean, th that that's always quite a nice sort of way of thinking about it, isn't it, Sam? It's, it's certainly a nice way of getting to bed easily at night rather than having to worry about it. But I, I think that that is something to take into consideration. The fact that, OK, you're not taking the hits now that I think a lot of us are going to be taking to set up for game week 29, game week 28 and using the wild card now, if that scenario crops up, could avoid that. But the hits are still the hits later in the season. Four points is still four points. So... Yeah, it's weighing up how much benefit you're getting from that and taking a bit of a gamble on things maybe falling your way a little bit in the back end and making sure that you're you're set up correctly. And then also just getting lucky in game week 37 itself, if that's the week you choose to bench boost. Because as we know, things can change pretty quickly, even during that week, things will change. Different different permutations in the league might mean that certain sides rotate and other injuries can crop up the week before or during that game week. So there's always risk attached. But I think in scenario two, especially like you say, if the Bournemouth game goes ahead, then wildcard could be on the cards. But also I think for a lot of managers who are currently trying to set up and lean into game week 28, especially the ones that also have bought the likes of Wolves midfielders as well this week, getting the Bournemouth Wolves game chucked in to game week 29 would be huge because all of a sudden I'd, I'd be on six or seven already without even having to worry and then it's just a couple of a couple of transfers in the next few weeks pile all in on Bournemouth in 28 as I as I'm planning on pretty much doing anyway and I've basically got a full playing 11 in 29 anyway so that would be fantastic there are obviously other fixtures if the Luton game also gets chucked in there as well which is fairly likely to happen a lot of us will have one, maybe two Luton from game week 28 as well. So I think whilst the wild card on the surface could be really tempting, if we do get one or two games that we're not expecting get chucked into game week 29, I think it has to be quite specific games like the Newcastle Crystal Palace game, for, for instance, or the Liverpool Everton game getting chucked in. That would probably activate a few wild cards because it's, not players from teams that we've currently got in our sides. Whereas Bournemouth, Wolves, Luton are all players that are fairly popular at the moment anyway. So maybe the wild card can be avoided in most cases. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are so many different combinations of fixtures that could get put in at the moment that wild cards later this week, come Thursday, we might we might both be wild card active, Tom. It could it could happen. <laughs> it happened last year, didn't it? Um, it did, where, yeah. Where you know, because the FA Cup fixtures went completely off the wall. Uh, it was upset City, if I remember correctly, wasn't it? Because I, I remember I played my free hit the week before, thinking, "Oh, you know what? Everyone's going to need to what? Everyone's going to need to you know do something later on. The free hit's not going to be a waste. It will all be fine." Um, and then all the FA Cup results, so there's upset, 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 and suddenly the, the blank game week was a non-entity, <laughs> and everything yeah. kind of went mad. And and you know, we did. We, everyone kind of there was a logical route to suddenly just wild card because it was really straightforward. Kind of what would happen next, which I guess contributed to how kind of 
boring it kind of got ultimately the end of last season this for me um in a non-chasing position i think if it happened again this year then obviously it'd be really interesting because i'd be chasing but if i wasn't chasing i was just defending then dear me um, it wouldn't be anywhere near as fun i guess um for you then it kind of just becomes even easier if this sort of happens doesn't it i mean would you still be thinking of free hitting them because you suddenly as sam said have loads of players on the slate and you might as well just leave yeah. that free hit till later on yeah i mean if in a scenario where we get one of Luton or Manchester United and then Bournemouth plus Wolves as well, there'd be virtually no point in me free-hitting. I'll be on seven, maybe eight players ready already for Game Week 29, Haaland to Watkins move and De Bruyne to Son and I'm there basically. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But essentially, I am, I'm hoping for a lack of fixtures because... It would shoehorn other managers into not free hitting and buying players that I won't be looking at. So yeah, essentially, if we get more than four games, I think a lot of us would be not on a free hit. And you're right. I think the Liverpool one is the most interesting one, which I don't think is as unlikely as the the models have it. I know, I know, I know, Seb. The, I, I think. <laughs> Liverpool played their kids against Chelsea. Who are they going to put out against you guys, right? Um, yeah. So yeah. I, th I think there's definitely a chance there. And if the Liverpool game does drop, and by drop, I mean if it is played in 29, that's that, that definitely changes a lot of things, doesn't it? Hmm. What, one word of warning on that Southampton have not been in great form recently we've across the season been brilliant it's been great to watch but we've really dropped off recently so even with Liverpool's kids I'm a little bit worried um that we're going to still get battered but we'll we'll put out we'll put out a strong side I'm sure we'll get, try and give them a good game and yeah like you say there were like a lot of Liverpool players even the more senior members walking wounded by the end of that match I think Endo finished off like coming out of the stadium on crutches or, or like in a boot or something. Gravenberg mm -hmm. obviously went off injured. So, yeah, I mean, it, it will be Liverpool's reserves effectively with a couple of senior figures versus Southampton's mm -hmm. first team. But even that, I'm not going to kid myself and pretend that we're going to be favourites. We're not. It just means no. that an upset is slightly more likely than it probably was before. Mm -hmm. If they were able to play like Nunez, Salah, Jota, all of that, it could have been a right hiding. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll give it our best shot to cause an upset and uh, see what can happen. I suppose mm. what should be noted is what Maresca, who's Leicester manager, mm -hmm. said this week that, that they are going to be focusing squarely on the championship, especially after losing to Leeds um, this yeah. weekend. And I think that that's going to be a bit of a, sh a shared sort of <laughs> um, sentiment across the board uh, with a lot of the teams who are still in the cup. I mean, in Liverpool's case, obviously, it's just because of necessity. They're going to be playing their kindergarten squad. Um, but I think you, you would definitely, it's, it's almost kind of a bit of a potluck what comes out of this week's results because yeah. there are going to be so many differing sort of agendas at play for a lot of the teams who are there and you may be thinking hey you know what it's, it's really good that say like Bournemouth have got Leicester and um, but it, it may well be that you know Le Le Leicester as I said rotate heavily and then Bournemouth are easily through well, God knows what's going to happen between you know, Blackburn and Newcastle what team Man City are going to send to Luton and then going even further forward yeah thinking about Southampton and, uh, and Liverpool 
what's that team look like on but on both sides it's, it's it's really interesting and it's very difficult as you said right at the top sam to to really anticipate what the what the hell is going to happen but there is one um sort of outcome that i think just transforms everything which is as we've discussed scenario three chelsea yeah. versus arsenal goes ahead so um sheffield united's next for arsenal um, and obviously there was um a bit of a, a movement to bring Gabriel in last week, which you resisted, Sam, but many people did go there. I think he ended up being the top transfer in defender last week. Um, most people are going to be doubled or tripled up on Arsenal at the moment. Saka is in most teams. Um, one of Sleeper and Gabriel in most teams. And I'm, I'm sure there are loads of people who were, considering we even went there, were doubling up on that defence. And if that game goes ahead, um, that would be Leeds beating Chelsea. Then we are all... all on easy street um, there's no way you free hit then sim and um, and it would be kind of really i don't know i feel like it, it's almost like the scenario i least prefer out of all of them just because it just removes all of the challenge i suppose from from any sort of potential blank you know i look at kind of people admittedly my team is not the best set up for game which when nine as it is right now anyway but it removes all, every sort of uh, sense of jeopardy i suppose mm -hmm. from the scenario it's kind of like you know if you're dangling over the cliff a cliff edge on a rope and then oh hang on look down oh there's there's, there's just another level there you, you can just kind of <laughs> crawl off and you're fine you're going to survive there's an ambulance just waiting for you on the side and um, yeah, I think this this one is is kind of the one that I suppose loads of people are kind of hoping for if you can't bother to plan. <laughs> but for for me, I suppose having thought about this a little bit more over the last few weeks, I'd be like, oh, for God's sake, really? Yeah, obviously I'll take it because I've got four four players in Chelsea Arsenal. But Sim, I suppose um it would be one that would have the biggest sort of, I guess, impact on everybody in the FPL community. And there would be less sort of need for you to be on TikTok. <laughs> talking up um all of these sort of niche players right yeah i mean it's it'd be very anticlimactic but yeah it's annoyingly it would be very helpful as well i think what most of us if not all of us have somewhere from three to five players from chelsea arsenal i think if, if we got that fixture pre-hit just off the cards wild card off the cards you just play through and you keep your chips for for more, much more rainy a day and just makes everyone's life easier. I mean, imagine this and another one dropped as well. You like, yeah. it just, it just kill all the buzz of gaming 29. Yeah. Well, it's of course, very unlikely that it like, so if Chelsea and Arsenal went ahead in game with 29, as we discussed, one of Luton versus Forest or Man United versus Sheffield United is also very likely to go in as well. So we're probably looking at five fixtures. And if you're including Man United players in that or you're including Luton players in that, having just had the double, then, that, yeah, I mean, we're just all going to have a full 11 pretty easily. Um, the, the one added thing that I'd like to mention on this, which hasn't maybe maybe i'm watching the wrong content or something but it hasn't really been discussed much is that if the chelsea arsenal game does go ahead does uh, get postponed sorry in game week 29 then obviously we get that game as a double so arsenal and chelsea players will get a double later on in the season now that's good for free hit users for bench boost users later on because you've got additional quite high upside players that 
we all quite like owning later on in the season that you can pile on, you can get to the right players at the right time. But if the game goes ahead in game week 29 and Leeds knock out Chelsea, then it's just one less double that we get to enjoy and take advantage of later on down the down the line in either game week 34 or 37. So it's not just 29 that this really affects. It's also the fact that later on down the line, it means there's less to be excited about with the double game weeks as well. Yeah, it, it, it ruins game week 34, I think. Because yeah, yeah. Arsenal, mm. Arsenal doubling is... What makes Game of 34 so good? Yeah, good. Yeah, it's yeah. The one on paper big team, well, possibly Spurs as well, but it's, it's the one on paper team that's going to have a double. And I mean, a double of Chelsea isn't phenomenal, but I can't remember what the other team is. But you're going to be looking at, I don't know, Brighton doubling, and it's not going to be great. Well, that, that, that kind of, I guess, enhances the, the role of the free hit in 34. Um, and mm. it would make it just so bloody obvious <laughs> to do yeah. that, wouldn't it? Really, um, and yeah. I agree. With you, I agree with you completely. Um, that then you kind of be looking all around. And by the way, it's four two. Yes, um, Ariola clean sheet has gone, but no Tony involvement in the goal. I'm afraid it was a whistle, whistle goal and Dam's guard assist. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not really um, what. I suppose we want in the engaged community uh, this this entire thing to happen for the reasons that we've mentioned, um, but it would make things quite easy, I guess. So, you, know, you can just kind of log out of FPL for the rest of the season, make obvious moves, and you'll probably be all right. Um, but I, I suppose, yeah, rem the removal of the jeopardy is going to make it a lot more difficult if you are kind of chasing because it's better to kind of, I suppose, be able to plough your furrow in a particular way and that others aren't going to be ploughing. And for us... Um, especially in your case, if you're looking at the free hit in 29, um, those gains, the potential gains that are on the table do get wiped out. So yeah, cool. I mean, so yeah, that, that's the three scenarios and, and we'll come back to it on Thursday, at least Sam and I will, and kind of see where we end up. Um, maybe the wild cards are active. We didn't quite discuss the parameters for that and maybe we, yeah, I think we've got time now just to kind of quickly do it. I mean, Sam, what, what would mean that you're close to hitting that button. Uh, I think scenario two would bring me closest, but that specific combination of weird fixtures, we're not really expecting to drop in. So yeah, I think so. If, like Newcastle dropped in or Liverpool dropped in. Those would be interesting because I've got no coverage in either of those teams at the moment. And it means that I could completely change my side to make it stronger and run through game week 29 without the free hit. And then, and then use the free hit in 34 as as planned anyway. So it would take specific unlikely fixtures to go in. Um, but I am open to that idea, that concept happening, because as we know, upsets do happen and they're upsets for a reason. They're, <laughs> they're kind of random. So, yeah, I think if some of the more likely thing, likely upsets happen, so Bournemouth Wolves drop in is one of the more likely of the upsets to happen then it probably takes me further away from a wild card because I've already got one Bournemouth, one Wolves, and I'm planning on getting in Bournemouth players anyway. Um, so yeah, that would, that would probably be the scenario in which I wild card. What about you, Sim? Is there any kind of time that you wild card now or is it you kind of set on just going through, I guess if you're playing on free hit 29, yeah. I guess maybe scenario two. I mean, yeah. even if scenario two happens, I think, I mean, if if we get Liverpool and Salah's fit, Salah's already my planned transfer this week. If he's fit, regardless. Um, if we get Newcastle, 
would I really be that bothered about trying to wildcard Newcastle players in at the moment, losing players absolutely, like Jordan? Absolutely not. Yeah. It's wild, I don't think wildcards on the cards for me. Whatever lands, if it's if it works, I'll run through. If it's if I see any likelihood of upside, I'm gonna free hit, basically. That's I think that's pretty much where I'm not locked, but close to. No, fair play. I'm pretty much with you, Sam, there. Um I mean it's definitely a possibility, especially adding in my neuroses about um achieving all the players I want to achieve, but um I feel like it has to be a very specific sort of set of outcomes and make move there. Cool. All right. More on this anon on Thursday. Let's turn to the week ahead. Uh, the first part of that is always bold claims. And it's now 7-5 to me because I bet against myself, which is always worth doing. Um, but for you this week, Sam, um, it didn't quite work out. No, uh, I, I went ultra bold, I guess, because of the uh, the previous criticism on lack of boldness. So I went for Solanke to outscore Haaland. It wasn't a million miles off because Haaland only got the assist, but um, yes, that sadly did not pay off in this instance. So left an open goal for you and uh, you went and buried it. I did, yes. Huang to blank versus Sheffield United was a ding-ding moment. Um, obviously, take no pleasure in that um, because I, I went there myself. Um, but there's always something, even though it's mostly ridiculous, that the players that you are buying in and everyone else seems to buy in are obviously going to blank <laughs> and uh, I banked on that this week and uh, to turn to the week going forward Sam you've gone outside the Premier League for your bowl claim yeah I, I have but I, I wanted to do it last week but thought actually this week makes much more sense because the fixture's happening this week so although it's not particularly about the Premier League it has the repercussions on game week 29 I've just got a sneaky feeling Leeds knock out Chelsea I can't explain it I don't know why um, but I, I just have a gut feeling that that Leeds are going to do it and um, cause the upset. Obviously, 120 minutes in the cup on Sunday for Chelsea. I think they'll probably rotate a bit. Um, and Leeds, like as as a, a person watching a lot of Championship football this season, they are on phenomenal form at the moment. I am very concerned about Southampton's promotion prospects because of Leeds' form at the moment. So yeah, hope, I'm kind of hoping for. Um, some sort of upset, not necessarily this one, because it makes things a bit obvious in FPL, but I've got a gut feeling bold claim wise that this one this one does go ahead. Oh, definitely you definitely wanted to put in Southampton beating Liverpool, I did, you I did. Say, right? <laughs> <laughs> fair play. I can't, I, I can't do it to myself. <laughs> yeah, fair play. And I'm besting it to myself potentially if we go to the captaincy later on. And um, the Arsenal beat Sheffield United by just one goal. And um, so yes, I know that Nathan Forrest last week said, Oh, this is, you're, you're getting a bit boring with your free hits, so getting a bit sort of mild. And um, we did check the the bookies for this one, uh, just to be very sure. I went on Paddy Power, you went on Bet First Sam, and we saw that the the markets for beat Arsenal beat Sheffield United by just one goal were fairly um fairly decent. So it's like if, if Arsenal beat um Sheffield United by one nil, two one, three two, etc. etc. and then I win the point there. So yeah, it's, it's, it is a bold pick. I promise. I promise it doesn't yeah. sound like a bold claim, but it definitely is. Definitely is. Set right. Right. Time, I will believe you. <laughs> exactly. Right. Okay. So key issues this week. There are uh, a few. Uh, first being the best captain. That's something there's loads of options on the table. Transfers in. Uh, tentative plans, I guess. Um, obviously, we've just spoken about it, but we need to find out what happens in the FA Cup. And if it's time to start removing certain players in service of those particular plans. 
Best captain this week, though, very, very juicy. Um, I think it does come down to a straight shootout, um, but there's definitely like some Watkins versus Luton in the mix. Um, mm-hmm. Holland default. Hang on. Where is it? He said it. He said it. <laughs> Harland default. There is, this, is this still true? He loves it versus United, basically. Or Saka versus Sheffield United, who have lost the last two home games 5 0. Could he tempt people and potentially slightly absorb some of that EO from the big Norwegian robot? Um, interesting one, isn't it? So, I mean, I'm going to just set my stall out here initially. Um, is that I quite fancy Saka this week, to be honest. And it's based on a simple calculus. Arsenal are a better team than City at the moment. And Man United are better than Sheffield United, even though both are rubbish. So, a cold rational decision would be that you probably look at Saka first, right? If you were kind of just taking a step away and looking at it just on fixtures alone, removing all the context. But then you have the context in, you're layering things like intent, expected effective ownership, you layer in the past records. So in Haaland's, oh, I said it again, in, in Haaland's past one game versus United, he's done stuff and the situation gets a bit murkier. City and Arsenal are pretty identical on Team XG. United's uh, XGC is slightly less good, but Sheffield United's is the second worst. So it definitely is a bit closer between Saka and Haaland than you might think on paper if you have kind of just defaulted to Haaland for this one. Um, I quite like Saka based on what I just said, Um, and especially because of the OR at the moment. If you are doing well this year, put it on Haaland, I think. Just just do it, forget about it. But I think the flaws are very similar for the two of them. I can't see them not both scoring, say, six as a flaw in both the games that they've got. And it kind of, I guess, goes potentially against sort of the idea of talisman theory that with, with City it's likely to be Haaland who starts the goal versus Saka. It may be a whole plethora of other players. Um, but maybe in this particular game, if you just look at it rationally and FPL Review kind of vaguely agrees with me, it does seem to be Saka at the moment for me. It's a nice sort of calculated gamble, I suppose. Sim, what are you, what, what are you thinking this week? Well, first of all, Tom, don't let them bully you about Holland. Holland, Holland, in fact, is the correct way to pronounce it. Like that's how you that's how you actually pronounce his name. I know, I, I, I know, I know, but because Hoyland was on the, the so F, uh, Dougal, a listener wrote in and said that it was getting a bit annoying, and I kind of I, I understand why it can be a bit annoying um, if if people are do intentionally mispronounce not intentionally but mispronounce things all the time, or at least kind of do say things in a certain way, or you know, there's. <laughs> or, or use the wrong, I'm not going to name names, uh, but there's a few kind of uh, FL podcasters who use certain idioms all the time and it can get a little bit grating. Um, so mm. I, th- I think I'm just going to stick to whatever um, kind of just makes sense for everybody. <laughs> you know, it's a small thing I can do, um, but, but if it enhances people's listening experience, then, then so be it. Well, anyway, I think <laughs> Harland versus or Holland versus Saka, I think it's tricky. I'm currently on Saka, and what what tilts me there is I watched, Sheff- I watched Sheffield United against Wolves, as must most of us did, and they were bad. Like, Wolves, Wolves weren't great, but Sheffield United were bad. They look toothless. They look a little bit lost. I mean, when the players were fighting each other, yeah. 
that's the kind of team you want to target. It's a team in disarray, and their home form is so bad, probably because the environment is so toxic with the fans. It is a fixture to target, and Saka is a man in form. But obviously, you've got Haaland, who does what he does, hasn't been doing it recently. I'm not sure if you guys seen that video um, that I think it's JJ Bull over at TFO, um recorded about why Haaland is underperforming his data this season. And he essentially the looked time, at... The timing of shots, and he's rushing it, right? It's shot timing. He's, he's, he's slightly rushing his shots this season, and he's not much lower in terms of his xg but he's he's underperforming his data this season as opposed to last season when he was over overperforming it so it seems a little bit like oh yes so that tiny detail is why i'm gonna go for saka but it's a, you got you, you gotta you gotta pick a you gotta pick something right and i think you're right if you are if you are if you are chasing it makes more sense to to go for a differential that's not as likely to hurt as it is if Haaland was playing Luton, for example, and Saka was playing Liverpool. Um, it feels like a good opportunity, and if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. But I, I can't see them being that far apart in terms of points this this game week. Famous last words. Yeah, <laughs> you know the variance is going to be crazy high now. It's going to be a blank versus a hat trick, one way or the other. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But but I completely agree with what, what you've both said. It's a really tight call. And ha Haaland against Man United, we, we know he's got a good record against them. I think we are very close to seeing him cash in that XG. And he tends to go on these little periods where people, whispers start to like enter the community. Like, oh, is he is he a little bit off it at the moment? Is he not, not quite at the race? Is he rushing his shots, for example, as you say, which is a great and correct point. But... This is Erling Haaland we're talking about, and he is one of the best finishers in the world. And all it's going to take is one game to explode. And he's got the data to to cash that in. Like It won't take much for him to get a couple of goals against Man United, especially in the kind of form... Well, I, I suppose Man United technically haven't been in the worst form, but in terms of the way they're playing, I would say that that is a, a fixture City will be targeting. Um, Saka, on the other hand, though... Um, despite the fact the goal involvement percentage will be lower for him in that game, like or just generally for Arsenal, the amount of goals I expect Arsenal to actually score against Sheffield United might mean that the goal involvement only needs to be 33% and he's still getting a brace or still getting a goal assist. And that could be more than enough if you add in some bonus points to beat Haaland anyway. So this is, in, in my view, I think this is a proper 50-50. And I have genuinely no idea which way I'm going to go at the moment. I think Tom's slightly more on Saka. I think if if someone rushed me into this, into a decision right now, I would probably just stay on Haaland. But that's only based on the fact that he's my bus team captain and I, I know how punishing he can be. But there is an opportunity with Saka. We took that opportunity earlier on this season with, with Salah up against Haaland. Um, and it paid off. Um, so it can work. And, and a midfielder, obviously, hauling is not necessarily easier, but there's uh, maybe slightly more upside to a couple of goals for a midfielder than there is for a striker. You're not just getting the three bonus. You're also potentially getting the clean sheet. You're potentially, well, you you are getting the extra point for the goal as well. So 
I feel like the upside is potentially there for Saka a little bit more. It's just whether or not you think he cashes in the XG this week in in, in the terms of uh, in Haaland's case anyway. So mm. yeah, proper 50-50. I think I'm at 51-49 to Haaland at the moment, but genuinely could go either way. Yeah, whichever one you don't captain, basically you're writing off the other player in your team. <laughs> there's, there's, yeah, there's, yeah. No, there's no two ways about it. You're going to be going in with uh, 10 players this week, maybe mm-hmm. even nine, because Watkins versus Luton is, is still on the slate. Yeah. Um, and you know, they, they've definitely been scoring lots of goals, mostly Luton, but they, their defensive data is still not great. I mean, still second bottom for Team XGC. <laughs> so there's definitely going to be quite a few people, especially because Watkins' effective ownership week after week is in the 90s. I mean, if you look at it this week, for example, even at the, the lowly-ish rank that I'm at, around kind of 300, 350k, um, Saka, Watkins, Haaland, all... Um, if I didn't captain Holland, Haaland, it would all be kind of around sort of in the 90s, something like that. But Haaland's always going to be higher. I keep doing it. I keep doing it. It's really annoying. <laughs> but hey, um, so it, it's just going to be the old adage, who do you think is going to score the most points? And put the caps on the player who's going to score the most points. Um, and there are going to be kind of all those sort of murky facts I mentioned earlier on. And you've kind of touched on there, Sam, with effective ownership, past records, et cetera, et cetera, and so on and so on. Um, it's difficult. Um, and <laughs> as I said, um, City and Arsenal's, if you look for clues in Team XG, it's very similar. Um, it's 0.1 difference for Team XG. SUC, United, Sheffield United's a is the worst by a long way um so that maybe could be the swing but equally you could look at harlan's records in the past versus man united i.e oh one game <laughs> but he did a lot of goals that week and as you say sam it could be a catch-up bottle Um, there could be all of these sort of chances that haven't quite sort of happened um, and he could start putting them away or he could rush them <laughs> if we are, it's very, very difficult, and it's going to be one of those things that it's going to be difficult to judge what the outcome is. But I, I quite fancy going against Haaland this week. I really do, and just, just trying something different. I think my rank sort of needs it a little bit. I Back think... your team, Tom. Back your team. <sighs> Sam, I think F is <laughs> always F- always FPL over real football. Oh, Goodbye no. to all of those <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but all, always FPL. The one thing that ruins my weekends, FPL. If Arsenal lose, I'm just like, oh, that's a bit bad. But yeah, I'll deal with it. If my if my defender loses his clean sheet in the 90th minute, that pisses me off for five minutes. If Arsenal loses, it pisses me off for approximately ten seconds, and that is my life. Uh, anyway. So, remaining listeners, um, let's talk about the best transfer in this week. Um, there's definitely something which is, um, I suppose, on the slate a little bit. We'll go through the different positions. Are we going to leave goalkeeper unless it's really, really, really... But the obvious thing to say is delay any moves until Wednesday night, please. Um, because we need to find out what happens in the FA Cup. Um, let's start with the defence. So people are selling the likes of Porro, Estepinian, obviously Newcastle defenders for obvious reasons. Um, where do you go from here? Are you looking at the Blankers or are you kind of Sinesi, or are you going for double game weekers to come? So Snesai um, probably is a 
pretty, especially for free hitting 29, is the obvious transfer him, Burnley away, um, and then um, double game week, or even looking at doubling up on Arsenal, um, getting, um, you know, White, don't buy Ben White, please don't buy Ben White, don't be an idiot, or maybe buying Saliba, um, or maybe even if you're free hitting in 29, buying uh, Virgil van Dijk, or maybe even Connor Bradley. Where are you going with this one, Sim, if you're looking to kind of bring in a defender this week? Defenders only first. Yeah. So, I, See think, I think with the defender, I'd, the, the only place I would be going personally is Arsenal at the moment. Um, obviously, Villa are gaining some interest. Matty Cash, Moreno, Powell's injured now as well. But I, I never really backed the Villa defence. And I can't remember the last time they have kept a clean sheet. Without without their starting defenders, it's even worse. With long around as well, defensively, I think. Yeah, Kamara, Kamara makes a huge difference. Longley is an ex-Barca player. I know all about him. Horrible <laughs> defender. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I wouldn't be going for Villa. I mean, I guess I guess Van Dijk could be a consideration, but uh, there's so many injuries at Liverpool as well. Can they keep a clean sheet? And they, look, they played well against, against Chelsea, but let's be serious. Chelsea should have scored one, two, three in that game. Um they they are conceding a lot of chances. I probably wouldn't be going for Virgil. Bradley does seem interesting though, because could Bradley play right wing if Salah's out? He was playing right wing when um Yeah, when... sorry, sorry, it already ended up, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I think he used to play there um back in uh, back back in Northern Ireland. <laughs> so yeah, he could he could be the, the kind of deluxe livermento. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess I wouldn't hate the the Bradley transfer, but I think I would just I would just get that get that Arsenal defender in, and if Chelsea Arsenal lands, I mean it's basically a no brainer, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. I think to summarize as well, really quickly, run literally running through the exact same points as you guys. I think Arsenal is the obvious one, especially for me as well, because I've not got Gabriel. If you don't have Gabriel, I think he just is fairly obvious. Um, Saliba maybe less so, but still, I think is absolutely fine. And then if you're if you're piling in on double game week as a week early, Senesi is also absolutely fine. If you don't have Doughty as well, probably not terrible to own, but you probably want to do that in game week 28 rather than now ahead of Villa. I think you'd probably push that a week and go for Senesi first if you wanted the doubler ahead of game week 28. Um, but yeah, it would be very much Gabriel first or Arsenal defender first, then Senesi, then, then Doughty in that order. Perfect. Well, that's very easy. On to midfield then. KDB is generating a lot of sales, and I know Sim, you're in this situation. Uh, Two hundred thousand sales uh, for the '90s boy band member, um, albeit he wouldn't be ginger back then; he would have dyed his hair. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's being sold. Uh, Salah, David Louise, uh, David, Lu- David Louise. What is wrong with me? Douglas Louise, uh, Saka, Son, the main ben- beneficiaries, Diaz creeping up, and Bowen now is going to be on the menu for absolutely mm-hmm. everybody who owns a robot. <laughs> um, but it, there's definitely quite a few players who are in the mix here. Um, I know Sam and I were both looking at Son uh, for this 
week, uh, being 29 friendly. Uh, Crystal Palace came up next. Obviously, Oliver Glasner's come in. Um, judging by the article in Athletics, made a few sort of um, just small changes, um, but it looks like it's, uh, it was Burnley with 10 men, so it's difficult to tell. Sorry if there's a baby crying in the background. You can probably all hear it. <laughs> she, 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 will, she will be dealt with <laughs> by my partner very soon. Shush to sleep and not dealt with in the same way um, that you might all think. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, there's quite a few options on the list. Obviously, again, depends on game week, um, on game 29 and what happens there. Um, but I mean, wh- where are you looking, Sam? Is it still all about Son or is you know, Bowen with uh, Everton, who are newly sort of, I guess, encouraged by uh, being four points better off uh, on your list too? Yeah, I mean, uh, Bowen will come onto the menu for a few people, I suppose, especially if you're trying to avoid the free hit in, in 29. But I, I think Son is probably still taking priority for me as it stands. I'll have to go away and have a think about the events of tonight, rewatch the second half. Um, obviously took the first half in, but need to see w- what happened, how they set up in the second half to see, try and figure out whether it's sustainable or whether it's just sort of flash in the pan against... A, a, an open Brentford side on the night but I think Son still takes priority for me at the moment as it as it stands obviously things could change by Thursday based on the results um, I think one thing I did want to touch on right now though is being like being a non-KDB owner but still having it's easy to say as a non-KDB owner but I have to say I wouldn't sell him this week I, I would probably hold on to him in game week 27 against Man United at home I feel like unless he starts against Luton in the cup and, and gets like a full 90, I'd be very surprised if he didn't play and play good minutes in the United game. And big game Kev is still a thing, I think. Um, so I'd expect him to do very well in that game. And with people selling, he'll become more differential ahead of what I think could be a pretty, a pretty prime fixture for City and for Kev. So I, if unless you absolutely have to do it, I would maybe look at trying to hold on to Kev one more week. And obviously it depends on the information we get. If if Pep comes out and says he's not going to start or we get a leak ahead of the deadline saying he's not going to start, then obviously this advice goes out the window. But based on what we know right now, I'd probably try and hold on to him for a week. Yeah, currently the plan is if if somehow Salah gets 30 minutes against Southampton, then I'll go for Salah because I'd expect him to yeah. start. Sure. Um, But if Salah doesn't, then I'm going to keep. And in all fairness, you're right. On top of of the ownership thing as well, it's a hedge against avoiding the Haaland captaincy as well, isn't it? If Haaland holds, De Bruyne probably gets decent returns. So probably covers me off a little bit with Saka. So, yeah, at the moment with De Bruyne, I am likely to sell but only depending on Salah fitness. I guess Son is interesting as well, but kind of defeats the purpose of free hit uh, trade, yeah, I guess. But yeah, yeah. You, you got to buy the players. You got to buy the players that do the points regardless. So I'll have to see. It obviously all depends on how, how games land and how things play out in the cup. I do think, though, that De Bruyne is going to continue getting his minutes managed. Like Generally, yeah. They, they, they seem very sort of delicate with him this time round as opposed to how he was with him last season with like just play 90 minutes whatever happens yeah agreed I I I think after game week 27 I would get rid of him regardless I, I just think with this fixture in in particular in mind 
if he gets a, if he gets like a sub appearance against Luton or something or doesn't get rest and he just stays on the bench, I would be very surprised if he didn't get good minutes against Man United. After that, though, I think you're completely right. His minutes, generally speaking, will be managed and he is a sell. Just maybe this particular week, I'd hold on to him. Yeah, agree with you. Cool. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Um, so Son, I guess, on the list for us, Sam. Um, mm-hmm. if you send me says you're looking at buying Saka, um, and Salah's obviously got his sort of proponents there. Um, I'm still kind of mostly tempted by Son there. We'll talk about that more in the transfers and captains in. And finally, in the forwards, Alvarez being binned off straight to Slanky, also people selling Hoyland. Um Surely there's no real option here. I mean, uh, just just very quickly, uh, Sim. I mean, Slanky, I guess, is going to be most people's buy-in. But for you, if you if, as a non-Watkins owner, you said earlier on most of your kind of losses um, over the last few weeks have been Watkins. It, it, surely time's just bringing that guy in, especially because of Luton. Well, the, I mean, it's it's a it's an interesting point, right? Who do I sell to buy Watkins at the moment? Do I lose Tony? Can't lose Haaland, can't lose Solanke. So t- Tony's the only option of who to sell, yeah. which doesn't feel great. Obviously, I'd much prefer Watkins over the last two, three weeks now, but I don't know. It kind of feels like points chasing, but it, it, to an extent, it also does make sense. So it's, it's definitely something that I'm going to consider. Um, if, for example, the De Bruyne Salah transfer doesn't happen, it is something that I could consider doing Tony to Watkins, but feels feels wrong. <laughs> yeah, you've got to go on gut instinct sometimes. And I think T- Tony is still fundamentally a great forward just because he's blanked once or twice now doesn't make him a less good option, um, particularly anyway. And he is on penalties, where, whereas Watkins isn't. So you think there are weeks where it, it re- readdresses the balance somewhat. I, I think... If you're given a blank slate right now, though, I, I don't think there's too much question as to like the three forwards you would pick. If you were given unlimited transfers or you were wild carding this week, it would be Solanke, Watkins, and Haaland for the next few. But I, I do understand your situation. It's not I can just pick whichever players I want. There might be more important moves to make. And Tony, in his own right, is still a good option. So I, I don't think it's something you need to rush. And if you're not feeling it, I completely understand. Yeah, I mean the, the thing as well is Tony hasn't really been blanking. Obviously, he blanked this week, but yeah, yeah. In in the double, he scored the week before that. He scored. He, he's he had what I think five, four goals in five games before before mm-hmm. that, and I've had him since since he's since he's come back essentially. So it's not like he's been doing poorly. It's just Sat- Watkins has been doing better. So that's why it feels a little bit points chasey you know where you're like okay this guy has got points my guy didn't i'm gonna i'm gonna swap them out but it's i have to consider it i have to consider it and if for example it 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 turns out that i am definitely not free hitting maybe then it makes a bit more sense i guess it's mm-hmm. it's one to consider it's one to consider but you're right the, the front three that i would have if i had unlimited transfers is what Quinsolanki and Harley. I feel what's interesting is that we've gone from having millions, well, I don't know, that's a, bit, that's a bit over the top, but loads of forward options on the table to suddenly being quite corralled into, reflecting what you were saying a second ago, Sim, into basically three, um, which are kind of Holland, Halland, 
<laughs> oh, I can, I can, uh, Solanke and Watkins. Um, and I think that's kind of, um, I, I guess, the way the game's going to go, reflecting what you were saying earlier on, like right at the top sim, actually, about the fact that you are kind of pushed into quite template transfers. I don't think any of these players are in of themselves potentially like a Huang situation where it's just because that's where the community is going to go. It's because they all sort of fit a certain bottleneck where we are with the fixtures at the moment. And I think that going forward, we'll definitely see Tony coming in in 29 for a lot of people and he'll kind of overtake uh, on the the fixtures as they come, of course. Um, But Slanky in that sort of role. But then going forward, I'm hoping there'll be some more options on the table like Isaac's... um, fit again i know that obviously newcastle aren't in great shapes at the moment but their fixtures going forward are really good like towards the end of the season i remember james on planet fpl was saying that newcastle will be top of his fixture sticker for the rest of the season and so hopefully there are going to be games to be had there and but i do wonder whether and this something we'll come back to in future because it's getting quite late in the pod. But I do wonder whether we will start to see three five two once more, um, assuming dominance as a formation. Um, just because maybe we'll see that the forwards do start to be more and more, um, I guess, uh, leaveable, and um, because you've got the midfield kind of alternatives or other midfield options who are cheaper and who are able to kind of make the job for you. Um, but yeah, no, really interesting. Okay, great. Uh, let's look at our teams then um, as to end uh, for next week. And what's really interesting here is um, my team's up first. Is, is, is a question that kind of came to my mind when I was um, just seeing what was going on versus Brentford. Um, can I bench Palmer now? <laughs> I still <laughs> And um, versus this um, Poo show um, or the Brentford defence, um, oh. we said a few weeks ago that Brentford were fourth um, best for SGC. Um, was they tumbled down, but they're now ninth, so kind of solid mid-table there. Um, obviously, you've got the kind of idea that you know Chelsea are going to be tired, play 120 minutes. We've also got the mid midweek game, um, so maybe that could be the swinger. Um, but it's going to be difficult to bench Palmer. It really is um, him because of how Newcastle have been doing. And, you know, obviously there's going to be um, Huang, um, who is going to be in a lot of teams now uh, versus Newcastle, whose defence are no great shakes, as we all know. Um, so I don't really know. I don't really know what's going to happen. Uh, with the defence, uh, with, with the defence, it's going to be it's actually quite interesting too um, because I was looking at obviously Pedro Porro coming back on playing etc etc I've got a bit of a benching headache there as well because um Nathan Ake versus a Hoyland less united <laughs> surely that is looking like a, a potential clean sheet you can imagine City absolutely kind of playing with their food toying with them not allowing them any chances whatsoever um at the Etihad so yeah, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do there. There's a lot of questions up in the air this week. Like I've got too many players suddenly, all of a sudden. Um, and captain-wise, we've spoken about bench it. Boost. <laughs> yeah, bench boost straight away. <laughs> exactly what I'm going to do. Just get Matt Turner, he's definitely going to play against Liverpool. Um, at this, <laughs> at this moment, <laughs> Matt Turner's going to come in. He's going to fumble lots of long-range strikes. <laughs> And um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, it could be, it could be Ake, it could be Pedro Porro uh, playing that game. We'll see what happens with Porro. And I think that Gordon out for uh, for Son is is likely. Um, but a lot of that depends on the news. And um, I don't think 
that there's going to be a hit here. Um, I was thinking there might be one to tool up for game week 29. It might still be on the table. If I decide, if, if I see that Poro is going to play, I might think, well, I'm benching Ake anyway. And then, um, you know, in next week they've got Liverpool. So maybe I take him out for someone else. But that seems a bit rubbish because he's not going to play whoever I bring in. And it's going to be be like, you know, like a, a defensive transfer for a minus four, you're not going to play. That's the most counterintuitive thing I can think of. <laughs> so am I really going to do that? I'm not entirely sure. Oh, it's, I, I'm glad it's Monday and I've made decisions. Maybe on Thursday, Sam, it'll be a bit of a uh, a bit of a clearer idea. But yeah, Gordon out for Son, it feels like the one um, that I'm going to be going with for now. And looking at the transfers in thus far, it looks like there's other people who are also on that similar boat. I mean, Son's the fifth most transferred in at the moment, but I'm sure that's going to be kind of superseded by people rushing to Bowen. Huh. Right, who's next? Not sure. Let, let me check. It is me. Um, so I've got one free transfer, only single Arsenal defence at the moment. So Gabriel is yet again on the menu. Um, I could sell the likes of Estupinian. I could sell Ake. Um, but I think it's more likely I, I get rid of a Stupinian there. Um, that obviously gives me a very similar benching headache to you if I did that of Ake versus Poro. Um, I think I'd be minded to start Poro uh, based on whatever news we get. And if he, for whatever reason, doesn't play, then Ake coming off the bench isn't the worst nightmare. Um, but then I've got other moves I want to make possibly in midfield as well, bringing in Son, for example. The problem in my team, though, is outside of Garnacho, there's not really anyone I really want to sell Son for this week, necessarily. As much as I want Son, I'm not going to sell Palmer for him um, against Brentford, I don't think. Foden was going to be the player I got rid of in my plans. But considering his form and considering what I expect to happen in the in the Manchester derby. I don't really want to get rid of him this week. I'm happy enough to do it next week or in, uh, in game with 29 for a, a playing midfielder. And Huang, despite disappointment, I, I'm i not sure if like just burning my bridge already, despite the fact it probably seems like the most logical one to do, I'm not sure burning my bridge this quickly is a good idea when... I did bring him in with a three game week stretch in mind. I'm I'm hesitant to do it um, because I do feel like he he cashes in a little bit either in the Newcastle game or the Fulham game. Mm. Uh, despite disappointing in in game week 26, I can just feel that in my bones. So I, I'm not sure. I, I think maybe some people are going to be screaming at the podcast right now saying just get rid of Garnacho, but he is he is sat on my bench and, and you can have a 29 as well exactly, exactly so if for whatever reason like obviously later on this week we'll know more if Garnacho blanks in game week 29 then maybe it becomes a little bit easier but then also Huang could blank in game week 29 as well and then that could become an easier move so yeah yeah I'm, there's a lot of different moving parts at the moment a hit is on the cards um and Son is front of mind alongside Gabriel at the moment if I was to take a hit but picking which midfielder to get rid of for Son seems to be the sticking point right now you, you could you could roll honestly like, just just bench just if Poros fit bench just opinion for Ake because yeah. there's been quotes that come out tonight about from the Zerbi saying that he's not happy with Estepinion um doesn't like his pasta 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Didn't like his pasta. Hates his rigatoni. Oh. His ragu was very poor. I had rigatoni <laughs> tonight, actually, so I can uh, relate. <laughs> yeah, fair play. Um, <laughs> and yeah, um, so you could definitely roll there. Um, fair, I, yeah. Is that not something that's in mind? Because you could then next week absolutely pile in on, obviously depending on the, depending on the FA Cup, blah, blah, blah. You could, you could pile in on the double. Um, and also, well, with one player and then with another player, go for 29 you could you could enact that minus four by four strategy uh, this week and give yourself a lot of options yeah maybe you're right if you were to buy ganache or sell ganache to son who would you be benching that's the problem that's that is it so it's it, it it would all of a sudden be fitting seven well eight into seven basically in the front in the front in the front seven so instinctively it would probably be Huang, but I really don't want to bench him this week if I hold on to him. So it'd be, I quite like having Garnacho sat on my bench because he's an obvious bench. Whereas like, I know I shouldn't play the game that way, but giving myself an unnecessary benching headache makes me think that possibly just rolling or at least not using a transfer in the midfield or uh, forward line might be, quite sensible yeah, I, i'm 100% with you i i wouldn't want to do that i wouldn't have thought i wouldn't want to force that hopefully the, 20, yeah. the, the FA Cup results are going to help you out but yeah, it looks like it, any transfer you make this week would be forcing it like, i look at it and just think yeah i'm going to roll it <laughs> because yeah, you, can, yeah. you can deal with it sorry you wouldn't bring in gabriel for stupid now I think I'd play Ake if I was you, um, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, yeah, all, all down to 29, there's going to be a few awkward transfers which are made across the board mm. this week. Um, because, like, you, okay, if you take minus four this week, you can kind of stave off a minus eight in a couple of weeks' time. So maybe it's better to take minus four this week, even though it's not particularly nice. Um, I think that there's going to be a few of those which are going on. Yeah. And Sim, yeah. finally, where are you? Yep, so this is me for the week. All of us got Pedro Porro, in fact. Keller has an interesting one. I hope hopefully we can get a clean sheet forest away there. Um, but relatively happy with the team, besides the obvious Watkins-shaped problem. Gabriel, pretty happy. Dowerty against Villa. Mm, I think that's probably the weakest point in the team. Taylor and Gallo are not really an option this week, though. I mean, in theory, Taylor, but... I think I'd just have to go with Doughty for the attacking threat. And then the midfield, I'm relatively happy with. And then the front line, it's basically another week of Tony shootout against Watkins. Um, and yeah, the more the, the more I've, I've thought about it, I, I don't like that transfer of doing Tony to Watkins. I'm going to buy Watkins most likely in 28 possibly 29 if i don't do it in 28 you'd be, you'd be, you'd be, yeah selling holland uh Hallen. oh god i keep yeah. doing it i hate my life <laughs> selling, <laughs> selling harland in oh awful selling harland in 28 it's going to be definitely something which is debatable yeah. for a lot of people and it's going to come onto the slate especially because um, i know there's definitely a slight sort of emphasis from a peer review to be doing that um I wouldn't sell Tony this week though, because Chelsea will be knackered, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, this sort of game he flourishes in. Leeds will take him for another 128 minutes and then beat him. They'll be down in the dumps and then Tony will get his hat trick. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th I think 
I, th I think I'm going to keep rolling that dice. Plus, look, at the end of the day, my rank isn't great. What am I, 400 odd thousand in the world? Am I that bothered if what can send me sends me into the 500,000s or if Tony can send me up in the 300, 200,000s if it does well? So I'm going to leave that. Obviously, De Bruyne to Salah is my most likely transfer if things work out. Currently benching the Wolves midfielder for Palmer, Tom. So... Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm thinking about doing that myself. Um, it's going to yeah. be a bit of a toss-up, actually, because I don't think the like, EO-wise, Huang, even though he was bought by a lot this week, I don't think it's going to hurt me that much if I do bench him for Palmer, who's going to be sold by a lot of people, so it could well be a differential on paper. Um, obviously not like a star, a, a star differential, FPL, uh, live FPL-wise, but still, I... I yeah, I'm, I'm quite um, tempted by doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But otherwise, we go into another week hoping for a green arrow and <laughs> expecting very little. <laughs> Great summary. Great summary, aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, I think that's everything this week. Uh, well, for, for this pod anyway, we'll be back on Thursday. Yeah, we will. So, uh, yeah, thank you all so much for listening. As always, we have been Who Got the Assist. Uh, you can find us on X at WGTA underscore FPL and myself at FPL Pricey. Instagram and threads, as always, is WGTA dot FPL. Again, just FPL Pricey on there. If you did enjoy the pod, please do feel free to give us a follow on those social channels. And if you could give the pod a five star rating wherever you're listening to it, that'd be fantastic. Equally, if you're watching along on YouTube, if you could leave a like and subscribe to the channel, again, that would be more than appreciated. All of these things really do help us out. But in the meantime, a big thank you to Sim for coming on the pod. It's been great fun chatting to you, mate. And uh, hopefully we can get you on again in the future as well, because it's been great fun. Um, but before we wrap up, where can the listeners find you to hear more of your great wisdom and insights across social media? Yeah, I mean, thank you for having me, first of all. And yes, it's been a, it's been a wonderful episode. Hopefully, come, and come back again very soon. Let me know. Um, but yeah, to find me, xfplsim and TikTok, fpl.sim. Sim spelt with a C, as many people tend to get wrong. But uh, that's me. Check me out if you are interested in either. Lovely. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Sim. I really, really enjoyed the pod. And thanks, Sam, as always. We hope you enjoyed the pods two we hope just you think about the possibilities of what happens next we'll be back for part two of this discussion in probably shorter form because it'll be during our lunch breaks i guess yeah. on thursday to discuss where we go next won't be a live stream or just be a video that we'll throw out and they pod that we'll throw out but hey hope you enjoyed all of this and we'll speak to you very very soon oh it's a goal who got the assist who got the assist Podcast Network.